So what are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual. Zero. Nothing. Before we get into this, don't want to come across the wrong way or anything. Just need to remind you that in order to be able to listen to this full episode, you are going to need to show proof of your vaccination certificate. So if you could just shoot that through to my Instagram handle, tyson.popplestone, be greatly appreciated. If you only had your first dose, you're free to listen to the first 30 minutes, but after 30 minutes, things start to get a little bit dangerous. So please make sure, please make sure you're doing your blah, blah, oh my God. <laughs> I've, uh, I've been having fun with this the last couple of weeks. I'm not sure if I told you what's going on, but so officially, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I made the decision that if anyone asks me if I'm vaccinated, I go, mate, hey, have you had your pap smear? Are you constipated? Are you circumcised? <laughs> They're my three questions. And I fire them off in a rapid pace like that. Hey, constipated, pap smear, circumcised. And just try and watch their face. for. I've, I've never done that. But I just feel like it would feel so good to do it. Do you know, it'd feel, it'd feel really refreshing just to be able to throw the, the authority or make, make yourself look like the authority in, in, in that particular situation. It's, it's a very powerful situation to get to ask someone for their medical records before you get to go into their premise. Is that it? Before you get to go into their premise, onto their premises, is, I think is what I was trying to say. One of those is like an idea for a joke and the other one is a location. So I was trying to say the, uh, the location thing, but it just didn't quite roll off the tongue as well as I'd uh, as well as I'd been anticipating. It's fun, hey guys. Little, I don't know if you guys have been doing any experiments like me. As I said, no one knows now if I'm vaccinated. I just don't tell anyone. Not even my mum. She asked me the other day. I said, "Hey mum, I don't want to ask you about your last pap smear." She goes, "It was on Tuesday." <laughs> she she didn't. But, uh, that's a question you'd never want to ask you. Oh, there's just there's there's certain parts of of your your close family and friends you don't like to think about. Do you know what I mean? So if anyone ever jokes about my sister, I go, hey, come on now. Like, please, don't do that. Mum's another one. Dad's not so much. Doesn't bother me for whatever reason. Say what you want about dad. I don't know. It's just, it's hard to make me flinch when we're talking about my dad. You can say the most mild thing about my mum though. And I go, yeah, you know, that's probably not appropriate. A lot of my friends do as well. A lot of my friends say things about my mum that you wouldn't, you wouldn't want your friends to say the things about your mum that my friends say about my It's It's complimentary. Um, I think it's, no, you know what it is? It's sexual assault. It's sexual assault if you say it to their face. But if you say it casually with a group of friends where no one listens, it's it's mildly acceptable. Even though I know that's probably not, that's frowned upon these days as well. You can't even say the real thoughts that go through your head because everything's offensive. <laughs> everything's offensive. How's this one? So I was walking along. I was, oh, you, okay, you be the judge of this. I'm not employed by anyone anymore. And there could be good reason for that. I think there is. In fact, I think it maybe shows the intelligence of the people that I have worked for to go, ah, I think we've got better people for this particular role. I went for a walk along the beach with my mum this morning and we were laughing because she was telling me about a, a friend that she knows was telling her this little joke. And she goes, he didn't really know me very well and he doesn't know much about me. He doesn't know my sense of humour, my personality, anything like that. And he just started to say, hey, Sue, I've got a joke for you. Are you ready? And mum goes, yeah, all right, tell me your joke. He goes, all right, a little boy went to school and uh, they were learning about what the, the word contagious meant. Anyway, so they said, all right, kids, tonight you got to go home and ask your parents about what does the word contagious mean. So anyway, this little fella went home. He sat down uh, with his old man sitting out the back and uh, the man over the back fence was just starting to paint his house, but he had like a little tiny brush and the dad goes, Mate, I'll tell you one thing. It's going to take that contagious to get that done, <laughs> which is a fantastic joke. It's just a fantastic joke. And uh, it's weird. Mum had to play play a little bit offended because I think it happened at her work. And, and the idea at her work was uh, you had to make sure. There, there had just been a, a survey. Uh, there'd been a survey done recently <clears throat> put on by the HR staff. Who else? Uh, just to make sure that everyone's feelings were being nurtured. So there was a there was a little bit of tension in the offices at that particular point about, hey, let's make sure we're all feeling really respected, we're all feeling really loved. One of the things was, this is funny. Okay, tell me if this is a good joke. One of the things was there was a there was a complaint that made by a number of women that they felt like men were receiving different treatment to women. They said, hey, look, we're all equal, which I totally agree with, obviously. 2021, if you're arguing with that, hey, come on. Hey, yeah, I'm not, I just want to give a little bit of context. But here's the thing, there was a complaint that uh, uh, that men weren't treating women the same way that they were treating their fellow workers. And uh, they said, hey, enough is enough. So mum was telling me about this and how women wanted to be treated the exact same way. And I thought, hey, I wonder if this is true. 
So I came home and greeted my wife in the same way that I'd greet one of my one of my mates. I just walked in the door. I go, "Hello, you fat bitch." <laughs> It just didn't go down well. So I know we are about equality. We want to treat everyone the same. But my my mates who are overweight laugh when I call them a fat bitch. My wife, who's completely healthy, didn't find that funny at all. So there's some there, there's a line somewhere, is what I'm trying to say. It's just about trying to navigate exactly where that line is. And uh, anyway, I, I crossed it. I crossed it by a good margin. Is is what it seems. But I reckon if I just backpedaled for a couple of weeks, I might find that line somewhere. But that's a good joke, isn't it? I'm going to work on that this week because because comedy's back, uh, back up and running, which is fantastic. So I'm getting my, uh, as you can tell, getting my comedy refined, bringing out the best jokes. There's two in a minute. Huh? We've just started this podcast. I've already brought out two bangers. It's going to take that contagious, huh? <laughs> I hope you're not listening to this at work. Don't show HR because I'll never get a job where you're working. I don't want one there. And I can say that with confidence because I don't I don't want to work with anyone anymore. I don't like it. I used to <laughs> I, I used to hate it when people say, "All right, guys, it's one o'clock. If you need your break, you go have a lunch break." I go, "How about how about I eat when I'm hungry?" They go, "How about you get a different job?" I go, "Well, all right. I'd like to formally apologise. Please please pay me out. I'll see myself out. I'll catch you later." But uh, I've been a, I've a I'm a bad employee. I'm a bad employee. These vaccination things are funny. There's so much. There's so much power being thrown around at the moment. It's how I feel. Probably because I'm dirty about it. But last night, it was date night for me and Jesse. So our rule, both of us have this view that we're not telling anyone whether we're vaccinated or not. But when someone asks, we just say, hey, it's none of your business, essentially. So here's the thing. Look, I understand we got to stop this spread. And I understand maybe in a couple of years, I'll look back at my own attitude and go, Tosh, you're a bit harsh there. But at the moment, I just, as I said to you last week, if you spot the, spot the word, uh, or swap the word vaccination with black or gay, hey, you can't come in here if you're black, you can't come in if you're gay. I get it. I get it. There's differences. But I mean, there's a, there's a fine line, that little tiptoe towards confusion of, hey, we're on a power trip, you can't come in here because you're not the superior kind of person. You're not in the same class as us. It's not that far away, is it? I hope it's not that far away. New South Wales has got a dead end to it. But anyway, so here's the thing. Super excited because I know there's a heap of places that just aren't asking. They're like, we've been we've been pretty stuffed the last 18 months because of this wanker government saying, oh, unfortunately, your business isn't essential. It's just essential. I stand here like a wanker and tell you what's essential every day and get a pay rise through the whole process. So a lot of businesses, rightly so, are sitting there going, mate, please don't tell me when I can, like, who I'm allowed to have in my restaurant, who I'm not allowed to have in my restaurant. But at the same time, there's that little bit of nerves like, all right, but if I don't ask, it's going to be a $110,000 fine. So all they've got to do, I was speaking to a mate the other day, hey, runs a successful business, and he says, look, I'm pretty sure half of my employees have given me fake, like fake COVID certificates. He goes, but it's not, it's not my job to go and assess and analyze whether or not they're legit. How am I supposed to know? There's, I've got a Canva account. I know how easy it is to copy and paste. I know how easy it is to create something dodgy. So he goes, as long as I've seen it and as long as I'm happy uh, that it appears to be what they're supposed to have, they, hey, work away. Because then at least I've got the justification to say, well, okay, I got the, uh, I did check, they showed me, then it's on them a little bit. Do you know what I mean? So there's a whole way. A mate sent me one a couple of weeks ago. I think I told you, hey, Tyson, go into the pub tonight. Here's my fake ID. I go, bravo. <laughs> Sensational. My kind of man. And uh, so anyway, last night we went to a little restaurant not too far away from where, uh, where we are here in, in Queenscliff. Uh, I walked in with a little bit of extra charm because I, I didn't want them to check my ID. You know, I didn't want them to say, hey, can I see your medical records? I just wanted to go in and get a little bit of dinner. I was going to tell you what kind of cuisine it was, but I feel like that's going to give it away because there's only limited amounts of this particular kind of cuisine in the area that we're in, all right, in this particular area. All I'm going to say is they served lentil dal, and Papa Dums. <laughs> All right, so that's the kind of, not Sri Lankan, don't be racist. All right, it was a, I don't know, they do a lot of meditating. There's a lot of Hindus. Oh, it was an Indian restaurant, I'll tell you that much. It was an Indian restaurant, but I won't tell you which one, because there's four of them. There's four of them. All right, this one's next to the car park. <laughs> no, just stop, stop. Anyway, they did the right thing, so they're not gonna get in trouble. Jesse and I walked in, uh, uh, the little waitress came out. Hey guys, welcome to our restaurant, blah, blah, blah. Just the two of you. Hey, we're fully booked, but you can come and sit. We can fit, sit in this table for a couple of minutes. 
Beautiful, beautiful. Sit down, got the menus, got our drinks. Perfect. What a start to the night. Me and Jesse are high-fiving each other going, this is unreal. This is unreal. You can stick your vaccine passport up your ass because we're here to eat papadums and a little bit of a lentil dough. I got lentil dough. Jesse gets like a, a, she goes something a little bit more exquisite. But lentil dough, for me, it's like a, a good vegetarian serve of protein. Nice serve of carbohydrate, quite filling, very tasty. Uh, what a combination! That's what I say. That's that's all I'm looking for in my food. Just a just a little bit of uh, a little bit of fuel. I'm registering my uh, my calories in my fitness pal at the moment, so I could see that there's yeah there's a good amount of protein, good amount of carbs, good amount of calories, and I, I just feel good doing it. So we sat down, we started taking selfies. Gone, babe, we're back. This is a bullshit rule. They don't follow it. How fantastic is this? Me and you, we got this covered. Stuffy rules. Get that. We got a little bit too cocky. Because the, the owner of the restaurant came back over to us. He's like, guys, can I take your order? You go, yeah, yeah, beautiful. I'll get the lentil dough. Jesse got her fancy little meal. Uh, we were high-fiving. Lovely guy. And uh, one of us, all right? One of, it was either me or my wife said, uh, you know what I love about this restaurant? Not only did the food smell amazing, I love that you're not checking our medical records. And the guy goes, oh, what do you mean? You know this stupid vaccination pass that's going around at the moment? This is ridiculous. How dumb is it? Um, we'd never eat at a restaurant like that. The guy goes, oh, you didn't get checked at the door? <laughs> We go, no, 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 we didn't. He goes, oh, I'm so sorry, guys. Did you scan in? I didn't have my phone on me because I'm me and I don't take my phone anyway. Jesse had hers on her and we had to play the fake. Like, oh, here's the rule. Even if we have a fake one on our on our phones, we may, we may not. It, like, it, yeah, you know what I mean? We may, we may not. It's, it's, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you because it'll get me in trouble. But we may, we, we may not. So even if we have that on our phone, there's, there's, I'm not using that to support a business now. So my, my little rule is, okay, well, if you're going to play by this dumb rule, I'm going to, I'm not going to support your business. I'm not doing takeaway. I'm not eating in, but Jessie, much more lovely than me. She said, all right, well, I've got, uh, she started just doing that. You know, when you're pretending to find something, she goes, oh no, babe, I've lost it. And I'm halfway at the restaurant because I knew what was going on. I'd seen this game before. And, uh, uh, then she started to explain to me, oh, babe, okay, so you need your, you need your uh, certificate, blah, blah, blah. We left uh, a little bit down in the dumps, a little bit frustrated. I was, this always happens with us with date night as well. Whenever we organize a nice date night, like whenever whenever we get excited about a date night, whenever we're really looking forward just to going out, we've had the day to plan for it, think about it, talk about it, uh, come up with a bit of an idea about what we want it to look like, where we want it to go. It's always shit. <laughs> Our best date to the spontaneous ones where you walk past a coffee shop, go, babe, you feel like a coffee? And we sit down. She goes, hey, you know, I might get a muffin as well. Hey, why don't we make this lunch? And before you know it, we're just on this natural flow. It's very natural. It's very easy. It's just, it's just we're, we're flowing along. Whenever we start to get too organized, it starts to get a little bit sketchy. For whatever, maybe there's too much pressure. There's too much pressure for a nice, relaxed dinner when it's like that. So, so we just go, all right. Uh, well, my, my rule is, I said, to, I get snappy in those moments as well. So we went down to, we, we ended up going down to Barwon Heads to try and find another place that'll let us in. Found three places, all fully booked. Jessie was starving. She said, babe, drop me home. I'm going. I said, hey, I'm on a mission. I'm going to find a place that'll let me in without asking for a little vaccine passport. So I went out to, uh, I dropped Jessie home, a little bit awkward, gave her a cuddle when we got home, little kiss, woke up this morning. Sorry, babe. Sorry, babe. Hey, we all good? Hey, we're all fine. Of course. Hey, this is the part of the journey of being a couple. You're going to have the highs and the lows and the little arguments over whether or not one person said too much about the vaccination passport. But I was on a mission. So I drove back to the town that we were in, Ocean Grove it was. But I'm not going to tell you what the restaurant was, all right, because I don't want to get in trouble. Different part of Asia this time, not Japanese, rhymes with Siamese. Went to a, <laughs> went to a little Chinese restaurant, walked in by myself and... Uh, the absolute legend at the door said, hello, sir, how can I help? And uh, I said, mate, just a table for one, please. Uh, I just wanted to get a little bit of dinner. He goes, how hungry are you? I go, I'm pretty hungry. He goes, come and take a seat. I'll get the menu for you. He brought over the specials board. He brought over the menu. I went through, uh, got a special little vegetable dish, got a beautiful rice dish, uh, nice big jug of water, a uh, little bit of atmosphere going around. A lady trying to work out how many hours was it was 1,200 minutes. She had to phone three people. I had the answer, but I didn't want her to know that I knew it was 20 hours because I shouldn't have been listening to her conversation. She just started a one month. She was trying to raise money for Stroke Foundation, I think it is. From what I, from the vibe I got, look, I was sitting close enough to her table that uh, I, got, I got a little bit of an idea. She was trying to raise money for the Stroke Foundation. Her ex-partner had a stroke a few years ago, lost a lot of confidence. So she's doing what she can to get back out there, make some money for the Stroke Foundation. She had to walk 1,200 minutes uh, throughout the course of 
November, uh, obviously November the 1st today. So she's got a month. She has to walk about 45 minutes a day. It was a good atmosphere. They were having a chat. Little girl at the table broke down because she started saying she felt like her dad doesn't love her anymore. Very interesting. Not going to brag. I was getting eyes from a little Indian girl across the room. I was, I'm a married man with a child and a beautiful wife. So I was playing it quite cool. But I I acknowledged the fact that I acknowledged. There was, I, I just acknowledged what was going on. I said, hey, hello. I acknowledged your smile. And uh, it made it look more flirtatious on my part than it was meant to. But it's awkward in those moments because I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy that. This is a this is an arrogant thing to consider because the truth is I don't have many problems with it at all. So I can tell you. But here's the thing: I always get nervous in those moments. If I feel I look good last night, I had my nice jacket on, I had my nice jeans, my little Birkenstocks. I was I looked the part. My, actually, it was a not, not a jacket. It was a nice green shirt. And I was sitting there, she was facing me, and uh, I just noticed her having a, having a little look at the old Popplestone. His hair slicked back, looking pretty good. So I gave a little a little friendly nod. I get awkward, though, because I think in that moment, is she expecting me to go up? Like, I don't want to be that guy that uh, looks like I'm a dodgy husband. Because the truth is, I'm not that kind of guy. I'd never do, I'd never cheat on my wife. I'd never do anything like that. Uh, but I also don't want this girl to feel like I don't appreciate her. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't see any wedding ring on her finger. I didn't. She might have been single and think, hey, maybe this is my this is my moment to meet. Maybe I had food stuck on my mouth. And she's thinking, this is so embarrassing. The guy's looking at me. He's got rice stuck in his nose. <laughs> That's probably actually what it was. The bloody little Indian chick. I thought I was getting checked out. And I was justifying in my mind. I literally came up with a story about how I would, how I would speak to her if she came up to me and said, hey, is there any chance I could grab your number? I was thinking, hey, you know what? You're a beautiful girl. If I was single, I'd 100% say, hey, give me your number. Let's just see what happens. This is where I got to in my head. And I was trying to just politely turn her down in my mind. Turns out it was the one and only time she looked at me throughout the whole night. My whole justification as to why I couldn't go out with her on this hypothetical date. It never needed to eventuate. But um, that, that's, a sign of, that's a sign of confidence in a man, isn't it? When he's trying to come up with a reason to turn down a, a beautiful woman. <laughs> funny actually i didn't think about it until now just as i started telling you i realized it was a bit funny but at the time it uh, it seemed perfectly legitimate so anyway i got my i got my little special rice i got my little special meal had a nice jug of water went home went home with high spirits because it's nice to know that not every place is is standing up to these ridiculous standards like they've got the signs on the door which is good so hey if you're in the same boat as me and you're a little bit hesitant, whether you're vaxxed or not, I don't care. But whether you're hesitant about showing your, your vaccine passport, I encourage you guys, for what it's worth, I encourage you guys to support businesses who don't ask the question. Because the truth is, they've been smacked for 18 months, and now they've been told to put an extra person at the door to check the vaccine passports. Do you know how awkward it is for a 16-year-old girl to ask a 34-year-old bloke if she can see his vaccine passport? It's just uncomfortable for everyone. All right, go to a different place. There's plenty around. I went to a I went to an Indian restaurant before this. I did get turned down once, actually. I, well, I got I got turned. We went to two Indian restaurants. I've given away two of the four. This one was uh, I can tell these again because it was like tandoori, tandoori or something across the road from kiosk here in Ocean Grove, and uh, went in beautiful little place. I thought these guys aren't going to care. Surely, walked in. I said hello there. Just driving past. Table for one. A uh, little bit of lentil dal if that's possible. She goes, of course. Uh, here's your table. Do you mind if I see your vaccine passport? I said, oh. It's just awkward because I don't want to be rude, but I said to her, I go, oh, look, are you guys doing that, are you? She goes, yeah, we're, we're doing it. And uh, I said, look, I, that's that's gross. I'm not interested. And she goes, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I understand what's going on. Oh, of course, I understand this isn't you. This isn't, like, please don't take my frustration towards you personally. My frustration is at, at, at Dan Andrews and, and this science that keeps changing every couple of weeks. And um, I didn't say that at all, but that's what I thought. And she goes, hey, do you want to do takeaway? I said, no, thank you. Not super interested in takeaway. Um, in my head, I'm like, I, I just can't support that. So, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. It was a little bit of a, uh, it was a little bit of an interesting one. I know we've gone on for a while about trust the science as well, haven't we? We've got to trust the science. And some people, Fauci's a con controversial name. I've realised old Fauci, Anthony Fauci. I think his name is a. Uh, you know, you know, you don't know much about the bloke. Where he's just referred to as Fauci. That's what I've gone with. I heard a little story about him the other day. That all right. So for whatever reason, we've been told, hey, you got to trust this guy. Just uh, he, he is science. I think his words were, "If you don't trust, if you don't trust Fauci, you don't trust science." I know that sounded like Schwarzenegger. I don't know his accent super well, but that was like a little bit of tang of old, a little bit of tang of American. Uh, it sounded somewhere around that. He said, "You don't trust Fauci, you don't trust science." Problem with science, problem with Fauci is everything Fauci says keeps changing every couple of weeks, and uh, <laughs> so you're forced to just question his. Uh, one sec, I just got to unlock my computer here. You're forced to question his his credibility. One second here.
poppy77 is my password, enter, and we're back. So I heard a story about this. Joe Rogan was talking about it the other night. Apparently documents have come out. Now, I don't know if this is true. It sounds too made up to be true. But what do you trust anymore? Who do you trust anymore? So here's the story, and then we'll dissect it. Dissect's probably the wrong use of the word because this is quite... It's almost a dissect story. Uh, just a heads up, you've got 10 minutes left if you've only had your one dose, all right? Then you've got to get out of here to your second dose. But apparently he is a part of some funding. Like there's some... Uh, there's some research, I don't know what it is, but there's a, there's a kind of research where dogs are tied with their head stuck in a cage and then there's like these, I think it's a honeybee or a blowfly. So the dogs can't escape and then all of a sudden the blowflies start eating around their eyes, start eating around their nose. These, these dogs are alive, just uh, uh, copping it sweet for, for however long. I don't know why I'm telling you this story, but I heard it the other day. It's really imprinted itself on my mind and, uh, and as a result, as a result, it's made me, it's made me quite uncomfortable. As my, I, how does a bloke like Fauci stay confident through this time as well? Because I've, I've, yeah, I, I see even mainstream media starting to turn on him a little bit. I've seen a couple of question marks being raised, a couple of red flags being waved, a couple of a couple of people you would expect to be on his team starting to go, hey, Fauci, is this all true? Is everything you're telling us the truth? I just don't know anymore. I don't. I feel like you're making a lot of stuff up, and you keep getting. Remember when you said masks didn't matter? And now you say they're essential or you die. <laughs> what do we trust anymore? Who do we listen to? Oh my gosh. And now we're saying at the moment, all right, we're getting excited because kids in Victoria can get their, I think it's kids under 12 are now getting their, their, they've just been approved for Pfizer, which is fantastic if it works. I've seen a lot of numbers in Sydney starting to drop, which is fantastic. Maybe that suggests it's working. I hope that is what it suggests because I don't know whether the, the testing numbers have just started to drop. I'm sure they have because testing numbers would start to drop as uh, symptoms start to reduce. I guess uh, that that makes sense. So I've been I've been the first to criticise the the vaccines and it's just the mandates though. As I always say, I don't have an issue with that vaccines. I have an issue with mandates. Don't take away my job because I don't want to get your stupid needle. All right. Now I might look back at that comment in five years time and go, Tosh, you were so ignorant. Most of the things I said five years ago, I do look back at now and say that was ignorant. So perhaps I'll just put a little asterisk next to that and say, hey, okay, there was a little bit of uncertainty as to how accurate that statement was. But um, I feel as though there's... Mm, I, there was an 11 year old kid got uh, got taken to hospital the other day, my, myocarditis, he really inflamed heart. He was in there for a couple of days. It was reported by Channel 7, which it, it really surprised me. That really surprised You don't expect to see that kind of stuff from Channel 7, do you? You, you expect to see the mainstream narrative just being supported by by a, an organization like Channel 7. But these guys were out and about, they were saying it. But the craziest thing was, despite how serious this myocarditis was, uh, despite how inflamed this kid's heart was, how dangerous it was, what he was going through, his dad was like, no, no, but we still plan to get his second dose. Uh, this is this to me is, is mind-blogging. I, I, don't, I don't know enough about myocarditis to really comment, but I'm, it's a podcast anyway, so I have, to, I have to comment on these kind of things. Otherwise, it would just be an hour of silence, which is just meditation, essentially. And that's not what you click on pop culture podcast 2021 tm4 is it maybe right now you're wishing if you've only had your first dose you've got six minutes left don't stress you don't need to be here but um <clears throat> yeah that that seems strange to me it seems strange that that a dad's so caught up in the idea of uh, getting his kid vaccinated who like do kids under 12 even get this this covid thing i'm not sure I'm not sure. We're pushing it pretty hard. Interesting here in Victoria at the moment. So for those of you who are, who are living around the around the world, do you know that this podcast I found out most listened to in the United States, 42% of the audience is in the United States, 40% of the audience is in, is in Australia. So I don't want to make a big deal out of the fact that I'm bigger internationally than I am here. Uh, I'm not going to break down numbers. I'm not going to tell you how many people. I'm not going to tell you whether that's 12 people form that 42% or 1,200 people form that 42%. I'm just going to let your let your mind... Look, it's closer to 12 than it is 1,200. I'll give you that much. Actually, a lot significantly closer to 12 than it is 1,200. You, you can almost not compare the two. That's how far away I am from 1,200 for, for these episodes. But, you know, <laughs> that's nothing to brag about. I'm going to edit that part out because you guys all thought this was a, a, a just a massive international hit podcast. Takes a drop in the UK though, just six percent. All right, and then there's a couple in Vietnam and stuff as well. But sorry, if you are not from Victoria or Australia, here's our situation. We have a. It, it still feels slightly too early to call him tyrannical for a lot of people. Actually, he he's not a tyrant in the sense of like Joseph Stalin or Mao 
or uh, who else? Pol Pot. Pol Pot, he looks so cute with his little glasses as well. This is the problem with Dan Andrews. He's a dorky-looking guy. He's got big ears. He looks a bit clumsy. He's, he's vicious, though. He's a dodgy, vicious... I don't know if this is true. These are just the vibes I get from the legislation that I'm seeing being put through. So in Victoria at the moment, we're about to end uh, an, a, a time which is called... Uh, it's like a... What's it called? Pandemic emergency. It's like a... I forgot what it's called. I know you know what it's called if you live nearby. Essentially, we're a uh, state of emergency. We're in a state of emergency, which means government has has been given a lot more power to make big calls than, than perhaps any time in Australia's history. Not perhaps, clearly in any time in Australia's history. But that runs out on December 15th. So as a result... There's been a massive big rush from the Labor government, the, the state government who's in charge of our state at the moment, to just smack people with uh, vaccines, to limit how many places we can go to, to put restrictions on where we're allowed to go. Because I'm not sure exactly what it all does. I'm, I'm sure, like, if you look at it from a pure perspective, we're saying, no, no, it's just purely to bring the numbers down. For me, it looks like a strange sense of a power trip meets uh, uh, meets an upper class, lower class kind of establishment thing going on. And also rings bells. I know it's a disease and not a people group, but just rings too many bells of similarities between the Nazis sort of in the early to mid 30s, heading into the later part of the Second World War. So I start to go, oh, all right, well, I'm, I'm hoping it's not getting to that point. But what makes me nervous is so many people are going, hey, no, no, uh, you know these uh, you know these, uh, uh, these quarantine camps that are being built, they're actually being created as a potential place for unvaccinated people to live, to get out of mainstream society. And I go, oh, well, uh, I remember 18 months ago, or I remember 10 months ago when someone started telling me about vaccine passports. I said, that'll never happen. That's not going to happen. This is Australia. And now I've got to scan in to go to a bloody Mexican restaurant or Indian restaurant. It's same, same, but different. So... I um apart from the fact one's lentil dal, one's burritos, you know what I mean? They're the main they're the main differences. Apart from geographical locations, obviously. Like that's a that's a and the language that they speak. Do you know? The the language is there's a lot of difference between Spain and, and India from what I've heard. Uh, Spanish aren't so big on Hinduism, I, I wouldn't have thought. I think they're more Catholic actually. Uh, yeah, so there's you know what you can barely even compare the two places. They're that different to each other that you shouldn't make that mistake again. <laughs> make note of that, Tice. But Dan Andrews, he's he's putting in a bit of a he's putting in a rush. He's he's getting his swagger up to try and uh, he's trying to get this uh, this state of emergency period extended so that he can just keep controlling. As a result, he's he's now this is the extreme part of the legislation. But essentially, here's what it says. There's a few points that stood out to me. The first part is he can call a, a, a pandemic whenever it is he feels that he needs to call a pandemic, even when we have zero cases in the country or the state. Sorry, which is there's an asterisk next to that. Like that sounds that sounds a little bit interesting. I thought that's a lot of power for one man. The second thing is he can uh, give out up to ninety thousand Aussie ninety thousand Aussie dollar fines. Uh, for for anyone who's not wearing a mask or anyone who breaks their general health advice, which is it's a little bit it's a little bit sketchy, especially considering I genuinely don't know what the health advice is right now. But here's the thing: people hear me say that and they go, "Oh, Tice, well maybe you just need to get up to date with the facts. Maybe you start need to listening a little bit more to what they're." Here's the thing. They don't understand the health advice either. <laughs> Remember, Dominic Perrottet came out and said, well, hey, we're letting everyone out early. And then Dan Andrews down here came out and goes, actually, science does say that. We didn't realise that the health advice, we've been misinterpreting the health advice for ages. So we now look like a dickhead. So Victoria, yeah, go have a little bit of fun. So essentially, there's that's been going on here. And as a result, Melbourne, you beautiful bitch, Melbourne, that sounded a little bit gay, didn't it? I sounded like a sassy gay, you beautiful bitch. <laughs> Came out far too comfortably. I should have been holding a cocktail as I said that. That would have uh, that would have really added an exclamation mark to that uh, to that statement. But I saw this beautiful. Go to my Instagram if you want to see it. I've become a loudmouth on Instagram. I'm going to calm down. We'll talk about that soon. I've, I'm posting. I'm posting too much. I'm passionate about this though. I'm a little bit passionate about this. I just, uh, I love my country so much. I've just got such a heart for this place. It's literally, I've traveled all around the world, so many parts of the world. When I got back to Australia in 2018, I thought, thank God. Like, thank God I'm home. This is, this is sensational. Now I'm standing here going, hey, look, looking around, everything still looks the same. It sounds the same. My friends are the same. The locations are the same. It's just the limitations that are being placed on how many of these places we can go to doesn't quite look the same. And I'm starting to get a, a couple of little question marks around that. So um, 
I don't know. What do you guys think? How are you feeling about it? We've got November 16th. I think it all gets passed. We've got to get... Uh, I think he needs 21 votes to get his legislation passed through. He's got 17 of his own members in the... Uh, I don't understand how it works. He's got 17 of his own members or Labor members in the upper house. But uh, I heard that even Labor members might not necessarily want this to go through because of the fact that uh, their lives have obviously been mucked around by it as, as well. So, hey, watch and, watch and learn. You can't, you can't complain, really. Like, we're, we've done pretty well. We're, we're, well, I'm not saying we've done pretty well. I'm saying we're doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. I keep thinking about Alec Baldwin. I didn't Google if it was Alex or Alec. It's still, it's Alex. I'm almost certain it's Alex. I keep, you know when you wake up in the middle of the night and just random thoughts come into your head? Do you ever have that? It's 3 a.m., had a busy day, and you're like, oh, you just, you can't go back to sleep, and your mind just starts thinking about things. Things start bothering you that during the day just don't bother you. And, and one of those things that's been bothering me the last couple of days is I keep thinking about Alex Baldwin. I'm like, oh, man, can you imagine... Like, I know I spoke about this last week, but it says it's been on my mind. Mate, how much has your life changed in a week? You accidentally pulled the trigger of, a, of an apparent prop gun and you've, you've killed someone. Like, what the, what's going on there? How does that happen? And then you've got to try and wake up and get on with your day. and uh, Like, that's a big weight to carry around on your shoulders. Now, obviously, with an accident, it makes it so much easier to bear. I imagine... I imagine, like, if you if you just got angry and killed someone, I feel like the next morning that would be way harder to live with than maybe not the next, the next morning. Uh, let's say a month later or five years later, surely a deliberate murder is, is so much harder to handle if you regret it than an accidental than an accidental manslaughter thing. But man, I saw this footage of him and his wife in the... Uh, in some little private bar the other day, he just looked—he looked like a broken man. He looked—he looked pretty flat. Now, granted, he was just trying to have some downtime with his wife, and uh, he's probably tired. I don't know what time it was. I'm guessing it probably would have been late because paparazzi—paparazzi uh, don't care about what time it is, though, do they? They're happy just to get out and uh, and just get the photos they need to get. But I was looking at his face in there. He looked tired. His hair wasn't slicked back. He—he he just looked flat. The poor bastard. And I keep thinking, Tyson, no matter no matter what you're going through. No matter what you're going through, like think of Alec Ball, even Jordan Degoe, huh? Our Collingwood star, uh, I think he forward pocket AFL player. If you're uh, if you if you're not from Australia, or in fact if you're not from Victoria, AFL's a, our our favourite sport over here. Big round, big round, ground four six. Kick it through the middle, six points. Kick it through the outside of that one point. Unless it goes on the outside of the far post, then it's out of bounds on the full. As long as it doesn't bounce. But Jordan Degoe is uh, is one of the best players in that game. He's really good at, at, at getting this little funny shaped oval ball. Kicking it to the right person, being coordinated, dodging. Uh, got a, he's got a good amount of aggression, got a good amount of strength, got a good amount of skill, got a good amount of anger. I tell you that much. Somehow got over to. Uh, he's in New York. I think he just pleaded not guilty. I think he saw pleaded not guilty. Apparently, he got done for groping someone in a in a nightclub. I was about to say, we've all been there, but you can't say that. I've been married now for ten years, and you can't go back to. The truth is, you have when you. Like when you're 18, 19, there's some things I did on the dance floor where I was like, oh, gee, Tice, come on. Can't you, you can't be doing that. That's not called for. I'm pretty sure there was never, it was never verbal, but like even in 2006, verbal permission wasn't the, uh, wasn't the kind of permission. It was more a look in the eye. It was more a dance move that said, hey, I'm into the, if the, if the twerk was getting quite serious and there was quite a lot of pressure uh, uh, coming in toward your, your hip area, it sort of gave you a little bit of a green light to go, okay, we're on. We're on. It's party time. It's party time. <laughs> That's what I, so hands start to wander, uh, which is not, it's not bragging. It's just, it's just reflecting on the, uh, reflecting on the past. I'm not saying I'm, I'm stoked with the, uh, well, mind you, some of the moves that I had back in the day were pretty impressive. I'm not going to lie. I, uh, I figured out how to do that thing where you, you sort of pivot your feet like this and look like you're sliding across the ground. That was one of my best moves. Problem with me, I think my major, limiting factor in the dance in the dance club is that that's a classic sign that uh that you're probably not a nightclub boy when you start to refer to the the nightclub as a dance club <laughs> like that's that that raises a few questions you go oh, okay well surely he he wasn't as on his game as as what he's making it sound and the truth like if that's what you're thinking you're correct you're 100 percent correct but i didn't I sort of didn't want to go too far down because you didn't know me then. So I can paint a picture of what I was like back then. And if I say it with enough confidence, perhaps you might believe me. But 
I've got I've got clear memories of, of, of seeing a girl there that I was half interested in, and uh, I went up to her. I go, hey, can I get you a drink? She goes, no thanks, I'm fine. I was like, oh gee, bloody hell, that's uh, that's a brutal turn down, isn't it? So uh, no, I always thought, no, no, don't take no for an answer. So I just started saying, please, please, let me, please get me. I just, I really want to buy you a drink. So oh man, okay, if you like, will you leave me alone if I get you a drink? I was, <laughs> because they're not after a drink as much as they're after the attention, isn't that true? And there was, uh, I remember another time, same same place, Interrogan actually, Gippsland. You know, like if you're putting out your best moves in Gippsland and you think you're doing it with a man of confidence and you keep getting turned down, you're doing something wrong because there's not a whole heap of option. There's not much variety in Gippsland. There's a lot of teeth missing amongst people my age, even when you are 19. And uh, that was my competition. And the competition seemed to be doing better <laughs> better than what I was. And my dad had a reputation. He's a Trelgan boy. He's a good-looking unit. He played Trelgan Football Club number ten, uh, best and fairest. He was—he's a—he had a bit of a reputation, maybe too good down there. So people heard the name Popplestone in Gippsland and say, "Hey, this guy's got game." Then they see me almost on my knees begging to buy this chick a, girl, a, a drink. They go, "Come on, what's it? Don't make me tell your dad. <laughs> Don't make me tell your dad what's going on here." But that was the competition I was dealing with. Jordan Degoe, good-looking guy, in my opinion, he's got that alpha male look. He's got that alpha male look. My, a lot of my friends have got that alpha thing going on. There's a few leaders of the pack. Dan Wilson, I know he listens to this podcast. He's the leader of the pack. I follow him. If he says we're going to this club, I go, you know what? 100% we are. That was If he says I was joking, I was like, man, I knew you were joking. 100% I knew you were joking. That's why I wanted to go to a different club. Because we're, what did you want to do? And he would say the question, no, no. Hey, Toss, what do you want to do? I go, man, hey, this isn't about me, bro. What's your, what's your decision? He goes, let's just go get a coffee. I go, 100%, this is what I'm saying, man. He goes, Toss, it's 12 o'clock. It's too late for a coffee. I go, bro, I'm really convinced. Look, the truth is you're the alpha in my eyes. Just tell me where we're going. I'm coming with you. <laughs> All right, you take the lead. You take the lead. Clear the path. All right, I'll just come along here like a little... All right, you can be the pit bull, I'll be the Jack Russell. I don't care, as long as we're hanging out. That's what I'm saying. So Jordan DeGoe pleaded not guilty. Questionable, though. Looking dodgy from a, from Collingwood perspective. Is it a Collingwood over here? So that's the football club that he plays with here in Victoria. They've been thrown under the bus the last couple of years because whether it existed or not, I know you're not even allowed to ask the question when it comes to racism. You're not even allowed to say, oh, was it really an issue? Because that automatically just labels you a racist. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that regardless of what happened at Collingwood Football Club, the public scrutiny that they've copped for some racism racism charges uh, from, what are they, they call him, is it Lumumba now? I think they, I think they used to call him Harry O'Brien. Harry O'Brien, I reckon, was his name. Maybe Lumumba. He's changed it, though. He's changed it to, like, a tribal name, I'm pretty sure. So there's a little bit of question marks going on about what was going on with Lumumba back in the day and the racism that was or wasn't happening there. People have been stood down. Boards have been changed. Collingwood's performance has been rubbish. The coach has So if some guy's grabbing some chick, or guy, I don't know who is groping. Maybe he's gone for the... Yeah, there's actually some footy. He's a groper. He's a groper as well. All you got to do, have a look at some... Type in Jordan Degoe. Watch this going around on Channel 7. Actually, I literally, this has just come to my mind. There was footage of him in the footy club with his boys. Uh, quarter time, standard man behavior in a football club. I did this a thousand times. I accidentally, got, I got too excited. I'll just grab every bum cheek I could find. I didn't even care. I didn't care if you were running drinks, you were a physio, you were a footballer. If I could grab your bum, I was going to have a crack. Just, it was team building. For me, it was always a good, like a, a, a bit of an option, a bit of a, a, an exploration into how many people have been working on squats as well. Because you always know when you get a firm bum that they're in shape, aren't they? Mine's always firm. I'm a runner. Even when I'm relaxed, it's quite firm. A lot of people would be jealous, actually. I'm the, you know that thing that, uh, that what do they call it? Uh, uh, what is it? V, not VWAP. Uh, WAP. WAP. Yeah, you know WAP? That, uh, <laughs> as I'm talking, I'm like, mate, you're like, you're so, you're, you're a little bit out of touch. It's funny when you hit 34 and you start talking about the, like the, the pop culture kind of song, stuff they're playing on 101.9, The Fox, which is like the pop radio station here in Melbourne. Even pop, I can't believe I just said that word. Uh, when I'm referring to the, the podcast is pop culture, you know what I mean? Like maybe it's just a subtle reference to that. But you know, you start saying some things like dance club. You start saying some things like pop music. You start saying some things like, um, I don't know, there's a lot that I'm saying that, that doesn't make a whole heap of sense. So maybe we should just continue. But Channel 7 will be flying that footage around because he was a groper in the footy club. There was always a huddle and there was always a Degoe hand. It's part of his nature a little bit. So I'd be interested to see whether or not he uses that as evidence to say, oh, come on, excuse me, it's a kind of help. But Mike, how's this? So in some cultures, 
So seriously, in some, I think it's Colombian. I think it's the Colombian. What's that? What's the uh, that South American kind of? Uh, I'm not sure if it's all South America or just certain parts of it. There's a, a kind of dance. Watch this on YouTube, and the guys dance around, and they're trying. They're literally trying to grab the ladies' bits. And I don't know whether this is controversial over there. I know it's quite traditional, but I also know that we're on this rampage at the moment. Hey, we've got to treat people. We've got to treat people equally. Treat people with respect. So I'm not sure if these Colombians are clopping away. They've had a bad rap as well because they've been dealing cocaine for so long that they've got to start cleaning up their their game. I guess for them, just getting in trouble for for groping some pretty lady on the dance floors that's second that's second uh, like second rate crime in comparison to drugging like thousands of kilos of cocaine across the Florida. I'm pretty sure. So my wife, I was at a, I tried to climb Mount Everest in 2015. Didn't happen. Long story. Won't go into it because it's, uh, it's not good for my ego. But had a fundraiser at this fundraiser. A particular Colombian guy. I knew him. Got a little bit drinky. Had a few drinks. Really good guy. Donated 500 bucks to the fundraiser. Couldn't complain. I looked at him starting to do this Colombian dance on my wife. He's starting to do this thing. And I'm thinking, hang on, I've seen this on YouTube. I started to see the hand take this little cup shape. I'm like, oh no, he's gone for the, my wife's very conservative. I grew up in the church very passionate about her faith, very, very conservative from her attitudes to her clothing. Uh, uh, quite impressive, actually. So the idea that there's Colombian dudes with with wandering hands when your favorite band is Hillsong Youth from 2007, it's a, it's an interesting place to find yourself. And I started, what, she didn't know, she thought they were just being friendly. He started doing the cup and started doing the tap and started, all of a sudden he's just gone boop. <laughs> and he's got he's got a whole handful and he's just donated 500 bucks to the everest function so i can't go up and go hey bro that's my wife because he might go all right then well that's to be honest i thought that's what i was paying for i thought that's what the i honestly thought that 500 bucks would give me a little bit more flexibility to 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 go about my thing but um yeah that probably says something about my at least he paid up at least he paid up. Here's one for you. Wayne Carey, uh, he's, a, he's an AFL player. Great bloke. Came and spoke at the function for free, just quietly, like an absolute legend. Used to work a little bit with my dad, and as a result, dad pulled a few strings. Wayne Carey was good enough. He got excited in the moment. He said, hey, you know what? I'm donating $5,000 to Tyson Popplestone, this beautiful this beautiful exploration. Tyson, we're here for you. Everyone in the room just started clapping, going, yes, Wayne, Wayne, <laughs> what a champion. What a legend. And... Uh, and then uh, two weeks went by, three weeks went by, one year went by, five years went by. I was like, excuse me, man, have you got that five grand? It's just, uh, just no response. But um, yeah, anyway, so the moral of the story is you can get a round of applause for saying you'll pay five grand and not doing it, and you get a smack on the wrist for paying 500 and then, you know, doing a couple of your groping Colombian moves on the dance floor. I'm just saying, sometimes life doesn't add up. It doesn't all make sense, but that's what we're here for. We're exploring it. We're unpacking it. That's what we're going to discover in a pop culture podcast throughout the next 27 years, or however long this thing goes for. But anyway, I don't even know how we got there. What else have I, what else have I got that I wanted to tell you? So my, um, my little boy, sorry, I've got to unlock my computer again. I just don't want to try and uh, talk and multitask. My little boy, one year old, 14 months. I say 14 months because at this age it does matter. He, uh, as much as you may think it doesn't. He, he still doesn't say words yet. Now, this is this to me says something about perhaps the kind of dad I'm being, maybe not the look that I'm going for, not exactly what I'm trying to bring out of him, not exactly the kind of relationship I'm trying to develop. He can't say any words. I always look at him, I go, you know what, everything I do, this kid loves. I'm going to be his best mate. He's going to look up to me. He's going to respect me. Me and him, we're going to go through life like a little wolf pack. You know, like a little powerful wolf pack. But in that situation, I'll be the alpha. He's the chihuahua. I don't even care. I want to know what it feels like to be Dan. All right? So I'll be the alpha. He's a little chihuahua just yapping at my feet. So he's my boy. I've got his back in everything. But here's the thing. This is 100% this is 100% legitimate. I'll try and film it for you. So he, uh, he rolls his eyes at me. He, he fully rolls his eyes. He's got this thing now where I try and do a joke. Like I'll try and do I'll try and do something funny. For me, it's so funny. I go, hey, you know what? Charlie's gonna love this. Look at this little father, father-son time. I'll do my trick, I'll do my handstand, I'll do my cartwheel. No kidding. He started doing that. He can't roll it. He's one. He's one. Like he's a little, he doesn't realize how much of a little dickhead he looks like when he does it. He's trying to be a smart ass, but he has no idea how ridiculous. So he starts doing this. <laughs> Just, and it's so obvious he learned it from Jesse as well. It's just so, it's her response to everything I say. I go, hey, babe, huh? How good have you done? Look at this, huh? Hey, 34, getting better every day, like a fine wine. And she goes, oh. and just, 
just 10 years in, just counting down the days that, that death will do us part. He's <laughs> what it looks like. So he's, he's obviously seen her do this a number of times. And now he's committed to the uh, he's committed to the eye roll. So I don't know. It's it's very humbling to see your. Have you got kids that do that kind of stuff? I, I, like it's just something that I've it's something that I've never seen before. It's something that I've never I've never really noticed before. And I'm pretty hardcore kind of dad. You know what I mean? Oh my god, that's that's four calls now. That's four calls I've made. Dance floor. What was the other ones? I can't remember. I've made four calls that I've caught myself in, and I've gone, Tice. Get your act together. I'm gonna to have to get on TikTok seriously because there's a there's an amount of you got to give yourself a little bit of grace. You got to give yourself a little bit of wiggle room. You got to just let yourself off the hook from time to time. But when you've made four calls that you've had to catch yourself on and go, man, you're out of touch. You're a little bit. Out. That's where you got to draw. You got that's where you got to get on TikTok. Because my granddad, rest his soul, he like at 81 uh, back in 2012. Uh, no, no, 80. It, about 2014. So Instagram had been around for a few years. He had no interest. You know why? Because people my age were irrelevant to him. Not irrelevant in the sense that he would never talk to them, but their hobbies. You know when kids, like kids come to me, they go, hey, when I used to work at school, hey, you know what? How good are the wiggles? I go, you know what? Shut up. This conversation's shit. I see TikTok like that now. People come up to me and go, hey, you on TikTok? I go, no. No, I'm not. Some of my friends aren't. I like it. Their videos are very funny. All right? But for me, it's just... It's irrelevant. And then all of a sudden, you catch yourself sitting in the studio at the back of your house saying four calls where you realize just how out of touch you are and, and you go, all right, well, well, maybe this needs a little bit of attention. And so, so I've taken a mental note now and I'm, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to write that down that it needs a little bit of attention. It's, it's no wonder people... So when I'm not doing this, I've got, got another podcast. It's called Relaxed Running. So outside of here, I'm a, I do some running coaching. And as a part of it, I've got heaps of interesting connections in the running world just through being around that part of the world for, for so long. And uh, like, if, if you're in the running world, which not many people are, it's a very small niche sport, <laughs> but if you're in the running world, some of the guest names you see on the Relaxed Running podcast, you go, oh man, gee, this guy's got connections. And I do, not mucking around, but my favorite runner of all time, his name's Ryan Hall. He's an American athlete. He's actually, he's the American record holder for the marathon. Now, I sent him a message on Instagram a while ago. Hey, Brian, man, would love to get you on the podcast. You interested? He, he didn't see it. You know when it says it can be seen, uh, when it's seen and it wasn't? So this guy, he, he he didn't see it and didn't respond. So about a year later, I got back to him and said, hey, Ryan, man, so you're like me on Instagram. Ha ha, lol, just making that kind of chemistry, just creating a little bit of a bond. Uh, you and I have so much in common. I also don't check my Instagram messages. Ha 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 ha, lol, <laughs> tear crying face. And uh, I said, mate, would love to get you on the podcast. And uh, he goes, Tice, uh, uh, honoured honored that you would message me, which turns out I'm, I don't necessarily believe that. You're only honoured. If you're honoured, you would accept this gig. So he said to me, honoured, uh, but I get offered to do so many of these. Can you tell me how many downloads you get on your podcast? And I was like, all right, so I'm, I'm being measured, being measured on my vaccination status and on how many downloads I get on my podcast. And I said to him, uh, I told him the honest number. So now I don't want to tell you. I don't want to tell you how many. About 1,000 downloads, all right, which is pretty good. Like, it's actually quite good for a podcast. That's the average for relaxed running. And uh, maybe that's, I might have pumped it up by about 150, you know what I mean? I just, I wanted 1,000 sounds better than 850. But I said to him, hey, 1,000, does that sound good? Day went by. Two days went by. <laughs> Five days went by. <laughs> but this whole time it had, had seen. Just seen. So he's ghosted me. Obviously, the numbers didn't quite match up. I tried to make some jokes. So this guy, this guy now, he's like a bodybuilder. He used to be a, a gun marathon runner. Google Ryan Hall before and after. It'll blow your mind. This guy's been hitting calories hard for the last few years. So uh, it looks fantastic. But I try to make a little joke like, hey, would love to get you on and talk about running and also bodybuilding. Ha 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 ha. Lol. <laughs> I'm just trying to show him, bro, I'm up to date. This guy's been my hero for years. You know what I mean? And now my hero's ghosted me. No one told me that's what would happen when you're 34. Your childhood dreams of getting Ryan Hall on the podcast, he's just ends in him ghosting you. And this is why you lie when you tell people about podcast numbers because the truth is, he wouldn't have known. If I had just been dishonest with him and said, hey man, about 25,000, he would have gone, hey, let's line up the podcast next week. And then I would have got my way. He wouldn't have known any different. And then bang, Bob's your uncle. But I thought, no, I've got to be, I've got to try and be honest in these situations. I can't just, like the truth will, truth will set you free is how the statement goes. But um, in this situation, it just really, the truth just sort of pissed me off because I was like, ah, I literally could have had my way if I hadn't just lied to the guy. You know what I mean? If you, that's what, that's what the saying is, isn't it? If you want to get your way, just lie until you do. <laughs> that's, 
it's not a saying. It's not a saying. But uh, the worst one I had though, there's a so Google this guy. His name's Nick Simmons. He's actually he's got a massive following on YouTube now. He does all these funny YouTube prank videos, and uh, he, he was a great runner. He's run for those of you who care. He's a 142 800 meter runner. He ran in uh, I think it was one Olympic final. But he's like a six-time US 800-meter champion. So I sent him a voice message. You know how you can do those little voice messages on Instagram where you go, hey, man. That's how I started. So I messaged him. I was like, hey, Nick. Hey, the first one I had ever done. I didn't know when you let the finger, like when your finger off the button, uh, it would just send the message automatically. So I, I sent this message and I was like, hey, Nick, how you going? Um, and then I got tongue-tied. And, you know, because I thought it was just between myself and, and I, I started going, and then I took my finger up, the, the message sent. So I've sent a message to Nick Simmons going, hey, Nick, we'd love to get you on the podcast. Um, <laughs> and uh, immediately it said scene. And I wrote, all right, this is good. This is good. This will get us off to a good start. So I wrote back, ha, 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 man, so sorry. Didn't realize when I took my finger off the button, it just sent through scene. No response. Man, you getting these? Scene. No. So I'm, the thing is, I've, I've been ghosted. I'm being ghosted. So guys, if you can help me with my personality, it would be greatly appreciated. There's a lot of work it needs, apparently. Jesse tells me constantly I'm starting to catch a few things in myself that makes me question. So uh, anyway, watch this space, man. I'm going to get cooler every week. Can't you tell? That's what this stubble's about. This is me just taking one step towards cool. I, I looked at it. I looked at this guy. Um, this is actually a sad story. This is like, I don't want to. I don't want to finish the podcast on a sad note. But um, so how? Okay, how's this? Have you heard of a guy called Chumpy? So his name's Chumpy, right? He was a he's a snowboarder. He was a surfer. Real outdoorsy guy. Good looking unit. Oh my god, good looking unit. His Instagram's still up. Type in Chumpy. Tell me he's not good looking. But my mum, my mum came here over the weekend. She said, hey, Tosh, you heard of this guy called Chumpy?" I go, nah, tell me about him. She goes, well, he, he passed away last year. I was like, this is a shit start to a story, mum. This is <laughs> this is horrible. And she goes, um, so what happened? I think I think he died in a like he might have been spearfishing or surfing last year, June, and uh, something happened. Poor bugger, young fella died. And um, anyway, his wife was obviously devastated, or his girlfriend was devastated. The parents of Chumpy, the go- the wife or the girlfriend of Chumpy, went to court and said, "Hey, look, while he's while he's still in in relatively okay condition, do you mind if we get some sperm out of him and and I try and get pregnant, like let his spirit live on a little bit, let his let his genes live on." Anyway, the judge approved it. This chick, his girlfriend, got pregnant, uh, gave birth to him just a couple of months ago, and posting all these beautiful stories about. And then I started to get emotional because I went to Chumpy's page. And all these, all these people are commenting saying, "Hey, congratulations, Dad! Like, man, congrats on being a father! Like, I've got a little kid now. I've got my little family. How, how intense is that story?" But I also, like, it had me in two minds. I'm like, "Is that, is that all right to do? Like, do we? That's a weird situation to be in, isn't it? The bloke's passed away. Then we go down, we get his sperm, impregnate your girl. I personally like it. Like, if Jesse, my wife, wanted to do that, I'd be happy. I'd be more than happy for that to happen. But, but." But the fact that it can happen, you know, that's, uh, I didn't even know that was possible. I thought, I know, I've heard stories about IVF and how difficult it is to get pregnant. Obviously, this has got to do more with eggs and sperm and stuff like that. Obviously, Chump and his girlfriend, they had some some powerful thing going on. But, um, but man, what an intense story. What an intense story. So I hear stories like Chumpy, and I'm like, man, i gotta, I got to just, i got to, it doesn't inspire me necessarily to go spearfishing or go surfing, but it's just, he was a real outdoor guy. That's what I really liked about him. So I used to, I used to, oh, something just happened to the microphone there or my ear popped. Uh, so I went over to the beach the other day. I was like, hey, I was thinking about Chumpy. And uh, so there's all these photos of Chumpy catching his big fish, doing his spearfishing, doing his thing. I thought, all right. So I went over, I thought, what a man that is. I went to jump in the water. And as I was about to jump in the water, just do my little local swim, there was a massive big fish, like my hands are off camera, a massive big fish, say about a meter long. And uh, I was thinking, oh, yeah, that's, a, that's a big fish. So it was right next to me as well, swimming around. I was like, oh, it looks like a little shark. And uh, anyway, I was thinking it's a barracuda. So I was diving around. And this, for whatever reason, it was sort of swimming around near me, looking pretty comfortable. And uh, I was thinking, gee, that's a bloody big fish. He's very confident, isn't he? Sort of, he's swimming around me, having a little bit of a sniff. Not, he wasn't going to do much damage, you know. I thought, oh, he's, he's pretty small. I could, I could punch him in the back of his fish head, and uh, and would be sweet. But <clears throat> this little fish, he sort of swam away. I had a swim, got out of the water. This bloke walked past about five minutes later, and uh, I go, mate, you wouldn't believe it. I just saw a massive big, uh, big barracuda. I think it was this big barracuda just swam past me, and 
Um, it was pretty impressive. He was like, yeah, what did it look like? I said, mate, it had like a, a fin, looked like a little shark, uh, looked quite leathery. Anyway, as we're talking, this this fish, water was crystal clear, beautiful night, just a little bit of context. This, this fish swam back up near the shore. <clears throat> the guy goes, mate, that's not a barracuda. That's a bloody little shark you're swimming with, mate. So I don't want to... I don't want to go all Crocodile Dundee about this. I don't want to go Steve Irwin about this. But the truth is, I've been swimming with sharks this week, guys. I had to swim with a shark, you know? People say at times, yeah, there's moments in your life where you, your life flashes before your eyes. You see a little shark and you're swimming next to you and you just keep swimming because you're a hero. You think it's a barracuda. You think its teeth won't hurt. <laughs> I don't know where that story's going. But that's... Uh, that's what I wanted to do. I got out of the uh, I got out of the water and uh, there's a, there's a little coffee shop. Remember that one I told you about a couple of weeks ago? The guy he won't do oat milk flat whites unless I take my oat milk, <laughs> which I think's hilarious. Anyway, I went in there the other day. <clears throat> Don't usually go there. I usually go to a shop a couple of doors up. That one a couple of doors up. They were suffering from a power outage. Like two days later, still copped it sweet from this power outage. So I went into Pasquini's. Said, "Hey guys, love to love to get my little coffee." Um, get two egg and bacon rolls, one for my mother, or one for my mum, one for my wife. Not stoked with their food choices, but it was it was early on a Sunday morning, so you got to do what you got to do. Um, so I got that. Then all of a sudden, the guy behind the counter, he goes to me, "Hey mate, just want to let you know that RT Edgar, the real estate agent, look how perfect that this is where I've just realised I've bloody been sucker punched." Anyway. They said this one, so next door to them is a real estate agent named RT Edgar. RT Edgar had put 500 bucks on the tab and they said, hey, just tell everyone that we paid for their coffee. So RT Edgar, a lot of real estate here, a lot of expensive real estate here. They obviously want to get dibs. They want to they get monopoly. They want to try and get their commissions and stuff through house sales. So they're trying to say, hey, we'll buy your coffee. Just come buy a house off us. So it left a cool little feeling. I was like, oh, thank God, I just saved myself 20, but probably 24 expensive coffees at Pesquini's, but what are you going to do? It's a tourist location. So... Uh, I, <clears throat> I took the coffees back, looking at this little RT Edgar. I told everyone at the park, hey, RT Edgar bought my coffees. Then I thought, Tice, you have just been ultimately sucker punched. That's exactly what they wanted to do. They're trying to create this advertisement, this idea that, hey, we get you. We're the local place. We look after your coffee. And now it's planted that seed in my head. But worse than that, now I've just gone and told you about how great they are. So this is the thing. I've been sucker punched by advertising. I thought I was better than that. But I'm not better than that. And I've, I've just caught myself. I've just caught myself not being better than that, which is uh, which is which is not great. Not great. I'm making a bigger deal out of it than it needs to be, but I'm also just looking over the notes of of the last thing that I wanted to tell you guys for the day before I get out of here. Um, and that last thing is I'm I'm on the I'm in the process of trying to get to 80, 80 kilos in weight. Did I tell you I went to the gym a few weeks ago? Seventy seven I weighed in at seventy six point five, which is too light. And um, I've been kicked out of the gym at the moment because I won't show the vaccine pass. So now I've had to go and buy those Y-Bells. So I'm trying to, it's literally, what time is it right now? It is uh, the time I'm recording this. It must be, I think it's like uh, 2.45. It's 2.45 right now. And all I've had is like a small banana smoothie and uh, uh, four pieces of rice crackers with peanut butter. So it's supposed to be having 3,000 calories a day in order to weigh uh, 80 kilos by 31st of January, 2022. Otherwise I owe my mate the champ 500 bucks and he'll make me pay up. So um, I need you guys to keep me accountable. So each week, I'm going to weigh in with you. I'm going to tell you what it is that I weigh, how my progress is going. So then you'll know whether I'm succeeding or failing. Purely vain reasons I'm going for 80 kilos as well. Absolutely no need for it. There's absolutely no reason I need to hit it. There's absolutely no benefit to it. Apart from my shoulders look a bit wider. My shirts look a bit tighter and probably look a bit better strutting down the back. Man, I sound like a wanker. I listen back to this sometimes. I get tired. You talk about yourself in a way that makes it sound like you got big tickets on yourself. If you saw my nipples, they're too big. You would think, hey, he talks with a lot of confidence, but he has to compensate because the nipple part of his nipple is, it's too, it looks like it's swollen. You know what I mean? He's uh, he's not even excited. He's not even cold. It's just, baby, I was born this way. That's how it is. So anyway, that was a big week. That was a big week. Oh, one more thing before we go. Bloody 24 people got executed in Syria overnight because last year they lit a bushfire in the country. How's that for solving a bloody, solving a bloody problem? That's too far, isn't it? That's taking it too far. There's certain overreactions that people have to certain situations. And now three people were killed in these bushfires, but I feel like the execution of 24 people is a big... What about 10 years jail? That's a big That's a big bloody thing, isn't it? Anyway, that's a weird way to finish this podcast, but as a fun fact for you, 24 people executed for lighting a bushfire. So what I'm saying is, ladies and gentlemen, 
if you're in Australia and you enjoy lighting bushfires, at least you get away with it. <laughs> that's not true. That's actually, not, you shouldn't even joke about that, should you? Because there was massive, serious bushfires in Australia last year, which we seem to have all forgotten about because bloody COVID's taken the limelight. So that's definitely not an endorsement or an encouragement for um, all you pyromaniacs out there who might want to go and uh, take that as some intent. You'll face serious jail time. You'll be big fines. It's not, for, but I'm just saying in comparison to what they're doing in Syria, Far out, you get away almost scot-free. So, hey, take that as you will. Put the matches away. Put the lighter in your pocket. Celebrate the weather we've got right now. I'm about to go have a swim, catch up with my with my auntie, who's only seven years older than me. It feels weird calling her auntie the older I get, but that's that's the plan for the day. So, hey, thanks for stopping by again. Much love to you all, and I'll, uh, I'll see you here next week. Mm -hmm.